The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Negotiate Anything. I'm Kwame Christian. I'm a business lawyer by trade, but my passion lies in teaching you the keys of persuasion and conflict resolution. My goal is to empower you to engage in these conversations confidently and effectively by not only sharing what works, but by also uncovering why these techniques work through revealing the psychological principles that lie behind persuasion. This podcast is brought to you by the American Negotiation Institute, where we put on workshops that are designed to make your difficult conversations easier. These leadership workshops focus on conflict management and negotiation and will give you the confidence you need to get more of what you want without jeopardizing relationships. Check out the link in the description if you're interested in learning more. Our guest today is Steve Bolden. Steve is a corporate attorney that focuses on mergers and acquisitions and securities law. In this episode, he shares what business owners and business lawyers need to do in order to be successful leading up to negotiations. Steve talks about how the lawyer and client can work together to create a contract that maximizes the business opportunity and minimizes legal exposure. What I love about this episode is that Steve first directs the advice to the business owner in a way that helps them to understand what part of the negotiation is their responsibility. Then he directs his advice to the lawyer so they can understand their responsibilities and how they should approach the negotiation. And finally, he wraps up the episode by addressing how the business lawyer and the business owner should work together as a team when they negotiate the contracts. This is critical because oftentimes business owners are so eager to make money that they forget to address and negotiate the details. And that's when the lawyer comes in. Steve is also a professor at Baylor University School of Law where he teaches negotiations. And that background shows because he did not need much direction in this episode and it was a really easy one for me to, uh, to host. So I appreciate that and I know you will too. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Steve, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Glad to be here. So how about you get us started by telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Sure. Thank you, Kwame. And I really do appreciate you giving me an opportunity to hopefully provide some value to your audience. My name is Steve Bolden. I am a Dallas lawyer and entrepreneur. Been practicing for about 18 years in the corporate securities, mergers, acquisitions, and uh, public finance area. I like to call myself a deal lawyer, if you will, from Corpus Christi, but been here in Dallas for a good amount of time, been at Mayhomes Bolden now for about 10 years. And prior to that, I was at uh, Aiken Gump and at Jackson Walker. We're coming up on 20 years at the firm. The firm will be 20 years old coming up here. I have a passion for deals and negotiation. And on top of that, I have another organization that where I'm involved with called the Boston Negotiator School, where we provide negotiation advice. And I'm an adjunct professor at Baylor Law School. That's a little bit about myself sort of in related to deals and negotiation. Fantastic. Yes. And now, listeners, you can see exactly why we wanted to have Steve come on the show, because that breadth of experience is going to be really helpful for us as we dig deeply into this topic. So we appreciate you, Steve. This is going to be fun. Thanks. Thanks. So the reason I wanted to have you come on the show today is because I wanted you to talk about the negotiation process. 
because a lot of times we focus on what we say during the conversation, but we don't think too deeply about what steps we need to take to prepare ourselves effectively and position ourselves effectively to be as persuasive as possible during the conversation. So what are some things that people need to keep in mind as we begin the negotiation process? Thanks, Kwame. So what I like to talk about a lot with new lawyers and with new entrepreneurs, if you will, is the steps in the process to get to that negotiation table. Because many times a brand new lawyer doesn't know what this is all about. How do you get there? A new owner as well. And so a lot of times a handholding for a professional like myself explaining the process. And so I think there's you could both you could equate both the new entrepreneur and the new lawyer in the same way. And I'd like to kind of just go down that process, if you will. So the first step in the process is you need to hire the lawyer or as a lawyer, you're going to young lawyer, you're going to get the file. And let's just talk about from the owner's perspective. You're an owner of a business and you get a contract from your counterparty. And when you get that contract, you're like, oh, my gosh, look at all these words. I don't know what all this means. I'm not sure what is important. And so I think there's a three main things when you're a new entrepreneur looking at a contract for the first time or you're talking about a deal for the first time, what you need to focus on. Number one, the money. You need to focus on the money. You need to look at the contract and determine whether or not does it capture the economics of the deal. When you bring on a new lawyer or even a seasoned lawyer, the lawyer is not automatically going to know what are the economics. As an owner, it is your job to explain the business points and explain the business. And in general, it boils down to business points. And you'll hear this a lot in the terminology when you're going through a negotiation. The business points is everything that involves money, to make it very simple. So if it impacts your pocketbook, if you're going to have to pay for something or you're about to receive something, those are the business points. That's the economics, and you need to make sure that the agreement reflects that, and you need to be able to communicate that to your lawyer. And if you don't, as an owner, an entrepreneur, understand the economics, guess what? Your lawyer's not going to understand them more than likely, and it doesn't matter how seasoned that lawyer is. So that is extremely important before getting to that negotiation table is that you understand what are the economics of the arrangement. Are you supposed to pay excellent for a product and it's so important to understand that and it's so important that the deal reflects that and you explain that to the young lawyer the second most important part as an owner when you're looking at the contract is understanding the obligations the service and the product so what services are you providing or what services are you supposed to be receiving what is the product is it described in the contract you have to look at that carefully, and you're going to have to also be able to communicate that to your lawyer. And the third thing is the, I would say, most important are the rights of the parties and the governance. And what I'm talking about here is, are there books and records that you may need to have access to or your counterpart needs to have access to so they can be able to determine, oh, is everything running as we expected or the projections in alignment and everything? The other item would be voting matters. What does it take as far as the decision-making process for deciding, do you expand? Do you get a bank loan? Can you sell the business? Another area would be like board seats. 
in the governance realm, if you're in a business or an arrangement with another party, sometimes it's set up where you have a certain amount of directors or a certain amount of managers, certain amount of members. And so that's real important because that's where the decision-making comes into place. Another example is buy-sell rights. Because when you're trying to get into an arrangement or agreement, you're trying to also figure out how do you get out of it. So do you have the right if your party decides they want to sell their interest? Can you tag along with them? Or if you want to sell, can you force them to sell with you? So those are all the very important concepts as an owner, a young owner, new entrepreneur that you need to understand. And your lawyer is going to be focused on that as well. So those are all written legalese. You'll look at the contract and there's all these sections in the contract that are talking about governance, rights, and those kinds of things. But here's the thing you need to take into account as a young entrepreneur. Even though it's legalese, at some point, it transforms into something that is, it becomes a business point as well. And that's always sort of the rub when you're trying to get a contract signed or you're beginning that process is differentiating between what is sort of a legal concept and what is a business concept. And as a business owner, you have to drive and give guidance on the business points. We are now offering conflict management and negotiation workshops for companies. If you like the content here and you think your team would benefit from getting a customized seminar, then all you need to do is email me or go to the American Negotiation Institute's website to learn more. And now, back to the show. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise. A promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. A promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hi, I'm Tober Korn, LinkedIn's Chief Product Officer. On my podcast, Building One, we dive deep into what it takes to build great products. Recently, we had Zach Perret, the CEO of Plaid, and he shared about his struggles building a financial app for consumers and how he was able to turn it all around with a critical pivot. Take a listen. I personally couldn't resonate as much with the consumer set that we were trying to reach. I just didn't have that level of empathy. When we made the shift to building a B2B product, though, I was building the product that I wanted. My co-founder and I were creating the product that we wanted ourselves, and we had so much empathy for what that product was. Such a great insight. You know, in that sense, we got lucky because we were, we were creating a thing for ourselves. And then the people that we were talking to also had the same problems we did. They were fintech developers. We'd been a fintech developer. Uh, we'd been trying to build a fintech product for a year. And so... We had such deep empathy. We had such a clear ability to... If you want to hear more of Zach Perret's story and the lessons that follow, listen and subscribe to my podcast, Building One. You have to drive and give guidance on the business points. For example, this is a great example. You have voter matters listed out in your contract, and it states that it's a manager-managed company agreement, and that all the decisions are made by the manager except those that are reserved to the members. Well, in the contract, it'll list out the member powers. On those particular powers for the members, it takes a majority vote. Well, if you only own 30% of the company and you're not the manager and the other party owns 70%, you don't have any decision-making power. And even though that's written in such legalese language and everything or whatever, if you don't have decision-making power, you need to understand that that is a business point 
And that may be fine, but you need to understand as a business owner that you need to communicate and you need to think that through. And so that's something where you would discuss with your lawyer. And so now let me switch over to the young lawyer portion here of this. When you're a young lawyer, you're going to get in a file. You may be getting it from a partner or you may be getting it from a solo practitioner or getting it directly from the client. And your first step you need to do is, of course, read the contract. You need to go through it. And there's a structure to contracts. We can't go through all of that. You need to go through it in a way where you can list out questions you may have that you may either send to the partner who gave you it or to the client who sent it to you. And then the very next thing you need to figure out, and probably this may go first, is who do you represent? You need to understand who your client is and what are their interests. A lot of times that will come from, of course, the partner who's given you the file, and that's where you need to understand and ask the question, what's important to the client? What do they care about? What type of business is this? You have to understand what the business is in the industry and those kinds of things. So that's extremely important. If you don't know who your client is and what their interests are, when you get to the point of going to the negotiation table, you won't understand what to give in on, what to push for, what to advocate for, what to be silent about. And so you'll be completely, absolutely in the dark. And you won't be able to provide very much value at all. And in fact, you probably cause a great amount of harm. So you've got to understand that point. Next, I want to get to this next phase. After you've received the contract, you've read it, you understand who your client is and those kinds of things, you get to this next part of you mark up the contract. And as young lawyers, your first contract you're looking at, you're basically asking yourself, what am I supposed to be marking up? What am I going to redline? And so this is where you kind of need direction in a sense. Generally speaking, you want to stick to the substance because remember your client on the other end, that young, that entrepreneur, sometimes they will get very, very upset if you're in there making grammatical comments or spelling and things of that nature and everything. I've heard many times before as a young lawyer, client chastised other lawyers, not me, but no, I'm joking. I've been chastised before. And they're like, what did I pay you to be the grammar expert? And I'm paying you X amount of dollars an hour. So that is a mistake, young lawyers. I don't want you to have to go through because it is so painful and you feel so shameful and you feel so silly. But sometimes there are times where you may get direction from the business owner, from the partner, and they say, I want you to scrub this document from tooth and nail. I want you to not only go to the substance, I want you to go also into the grammar and everything else. And that's sort of a strategy to sort of try to sit back the other side. And so that happens as well. But you need to sort of understand that. But again, mostly what you want to be focused on is the substance. The next part when you're going through the uh, contract, it's sort of a replay what I said above related to the owner. You want to understand the economics of the deal, and you need to make comments related to the economics of the deal. You're only going to understand the economics of the deal if you get the instruction from the partner or from the owner, and you must understand the economics of the deal. If you don't understand the economics of the deal, you need to go back to the owner, you need to go back to the partner and let them know that. Because sometimes, this is the whole communication, a give and take deal. Sometimes people are communicating, they think 
they have communicated to you of what to do and how to go about it. And they think you may understand it. And so that's where you can be a great interface and you can provide a great value by asking those types of questions and triggers. None of us know everything. And because we're moving so fast, a lot of times we sometimes forget the basics or we're thinking about different things and we sometimes lose focus. And that's where you as a young lawyer can provide a tremendous amount of value. You need to focus on the obligations of the parties, the service, the products, those kinds of things, as we mentioned above. You need to focus on the rights of the parties, the governance. You need to understand all those different things. Your comments are going to be triggered and going to be focused in those areas. So you either will hand mark on the document and put it in a PDF, or you're going to do a red line where you type into the document and you create a red line. There's a lot of strategies related to that. But most important, once you've done all those things, you've gone through the contract, you've marked it up with your comments in there, you're going to send it to the client or you're going to send it to the partner, and then you're going to talk about it. Very, very important part of this. You need, once you put your comments in there, you send it to the partner you're working for or you send it to the client. You do not, I repeat, you do not send it to the counterparty. You don't send it out to the opposing counsel. You don't do that. That could be a very, very fatal mistake. I just want you to know that that could almost end your career. I mean, just because it's so extremely important. You go back to the client because it's a team you're talking about here. You're either as a young lawyer teaming up with the partner or you're teaming up with the client and you're developing a strategy and you're discussing what's important. It's a give and take there because it's you, that team versus the other team, right? Then you get a better understanding of what the client's desires are, what's important to them. And then you're also explaining to them, hey, there's these legal concepts here you need to be concerned about. This is important in indemnification, the board seat situation here. There's a lot of sole discretion items in here. We need to put in some clauses related to reasonableness, all this kind of stuff. That's what happens between you and the client and the client and the lawyer. And then, and then once we get all there and everything, we finally get to the point of getting to the table, if you will. And I'm going to go, only going to go a few steps further here because we're not going to go deep into all the negotiation and everything. But I just want to emphasize how incredibly important this process is that I'm talking about here. Because as a new lawyer, you're not going to know what's going on. And this right here kind of explains sort of the process getting there. And as a, a new owner, when you first hire a lawyer, this is sort of the general process you get there. But so once you and the client and the lawyer have talked and these concepts are sort of applicable to one another, you are going to make a delivery. You are then going to either email this marked up document to the counterpart, and that could be done by you, the lawyer, or it could be done by the business owner to the business owner. Oh, very important point here. Lawyers, you talk to lawyers, <laughs> and you need to get specific clearance or a waiver if you are, as a lawyer, you don't talk to another business owner, especially if they're represented by a lawyer. That is, it's a huge ethical issue related to that. So that is extremely, extremely important. And you as a business owner, if opposing counsel is contacting you directly, you need to pause because that's not usually the way things go. And so that's not appropriate. But either you'd be emailing lawyer to lawyer or owner to owner, or you're gonna pick up the phone owner to owner, lawyer to lawyer, or you're going to set up a meeting in person, lawyer to lawyer, owner to owner, or owner with lawyer, counterparty owner with lawyer. I hope that's making sense and everything. 
Yeah, it is. And what's really fascinating about that is the fact that this is a lot of action and it's happened all before we've had that big conversation that is typically considered the negotiation. And if you put this out of order, things are going to get really askew when it comes to actually making a solid deal for you and your client. I agree wholeheartedly. So what is the next step? So now that we've gone to this point and we've established the fact that the importance that of the owner working hand in hand with the attorney and seeing it as a team process, what is the next step now that we've delivered the marked up document to the other side? Well, and I know I'm getting a little in the weeds here and everything, but so in the next step, everything you do when you communicate as a young lawyer or an owner to your counterpart is, in fact, an important part of the negotiation process. So in that email, the tone of the email matters. What I mean by that, this is part of a negotiation strategy right here. Is this going to be sort of a situation where there's going to be lots of compromise or is this going to be sort of a very conflict-driven kind of situation? And as a, a young lawyer, you need to get direction from your client and also from or the partner you're working with. And it could be simple as, please find a patch, a copy of the red line marked against your blah, 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 that kind of thing. Or it can be a situation where you're going to lay out sort of the main points right in that email along with the document. And what we're doing there, you are setting the stage if it's that type of email of what the universe may be as far as the points to be negotiated. With respect to the phone, if you're going to pick up the phone as a business owner or as a lawyer, then we get into a lot of different types of negotiation concepts. We're talking about sort of the whole small talk situation and also who is your counterparty and who are you? <laughs> so this is a step where you need to understand your personality, your inclinations, your style. And at the same time, you need to understand the same of your counterparts. Are they an aggressive type of person? Are they laid back? So all of that is triggered in that email you send out or the phone call. When you pick up that phone and you go about making the small talk and trying to build rapport with one another and everything, you're essentially trying to, what I like to say is bridge a gap that may be between one another and sort of create a pathway so that the parties can come together and get a deal done. And so you need to really pay attention to things you say and you make folks comfortable and get the ball rolling and everything. And then if we're talking about meeting in person, you pick up the phone and say, hey, I'd like to meet in person. And you can either decide to send in the document before if you to kind of keep things up front and be more transparent. Or you may want to not show them anything until you get to the room and then put the stuff down. There's lots of different strategies going along with that. But meeting in person, I would like to say a couple of things that are important in that area are, again, the tone, the interaction, the small talk that you make, the dress, where you're seating in the room. So it's all a variety of those different things that have to be thought about. And you have to be deliberate and intentional about them when you go to the table. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. This is really, really interesting. And again, it just shows the depth 
of thought that has to go into this process because like you said at the beginning it is a process and in many cases it's sequential and before we even get to the table and start to implement the psychological techniques that we talk about throughout the podcast you need to position yourself well and take the right steps before you go because i know we're, we're running short on time here i want to kind of get your perspective on what a well actually it'll be two things what a business owner could do when they see the prospect of a negotiation like this coming into play, what they could do to be more persuasive and position themselves. And similarly, for the attorney, let's make it a little bit different. What is something that they absolutely cannot do in the early stages of the process to make sure that things go well? Okay, so with respect to the business owner, I think the most important thing you can do and that you absolutely must understand is your negotiation goal. You need to understand, and you need to understand this as quickly as possible before communicating with a lawyer. What is it that you want to achieve in this arrangement? And I like for my owners, and even in my being a business owner, I like to write down what it is economically, or in other areas as well, socially or whatever it may be that I want to achieve with respect to this business arrangement that I'm about to enter into with my counterparty. And if you're able to put that goal there and be able to focus on that, everything else falls in place because you be able to figure out what's important and what's not. And you are the quarterback and you're able to then be able to communicate effectively with your team member, the lawyer, in being able to get to the chase. Because as a business, uh, most important thing is selling that product and making that money and getting that revenue in the door so that you can pay yourself, your employees, and expand and grow and everything. And so you've got to be focused on that goal and objective so that you don't have to drive up costs with your lawyers or any other service providers or anything that matter. So that's extremely important. Uh, hopefully I answered your question on that. And then I uh, will go to the lawyer, the most fatal mistake, <laughs> I think. And I, I, this is, in my mind, the most fatal mistake you can get and you can have is getting ahead of your client. You have to understand, as a lawyer, you serve your client. And it's just like, this is a little touchy here, but it's just like your first job. One of my first jobs was selling naturalized shoes. I sold lady shoes, y'all. Yeah, I sold lady shoes. And the most important person was that woman who sat down in that seat on those comfortable shoes. And so long as I paid attention to what her desire and needs are and everything else and understood that she was right and you, you stay, you're okay. If you step outside of that and start thinking about, oh, what you think would be good for them, and that may be okay and everything, but you need to understand what they want. You lose the sale and you lose the client. And you can't get in front of your client. And generally speaking, they're always right, except if they're doing things illegal or things outside the law and all those kinds of things. But you got to understand it's a customer service relationship and everything, the service business. So you must follow the directions of your client and then influence your client and try to guide them as well and everything. But you can't get in front of them. You can't do things without them knowing. You can't agree to a business point that you have no authority to give on. You can't give in on positions, all those different things. Don't get in front of the client because you get in front of the client, 
you will get fired, you may be reported to the bar. It's just a whole list of horrible things that can happen. So that's my thought on that point. I love it. Yeah, this is incredibly, incredibly helpful. Thank you for that. Before you go, can you tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you if they want to learn more about what you're doing? I appreciate that very much, Kwame. So you can find me on LinkedIn, Steve Bolden, S-T-E-V-E-B-O-L-D-E-N, on Facebook, Steve Bolden, on Instagram, E. Steve Bolden, at E. Steve Bolden. I won't tell you what the E stands for right now. (laughs) And then also the Boss Negotiator School. We're on Facebook. It is a school of entrepreneurs and lawyers and those who are interested in negotiation and improving their business. And all you have to do is just go to that link, the Boss Negotiator School on Facebook and join. Right now for Black History Month, we are featuring African-American entrepreneurs and it has been incredible. We just kicked it off yesterday and it is incredible the lineup we have going. I'd love to see you guys participate in that. And later this month, we'll be launching the Boss Negotiator School curriculum. And I'd love for you, everybody, to take part in that. And Kwame, I really do thank you for the opportunity to be on your program. And this is a really awesome program. I really appreciate it. Hey, my pleasure. Yeah, and thanks for coming. We appreciate it. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. If you're liking what you're hearing, please leave a review and subscribe and tell your friends. Our goal is to help as many people as possible. And when you leave reviews, it makes it easier for people to find us in the searches. Thanks again for being a listener. I'll catch you in the next one.